Trev, you and I love talking about baseball, but as much as we love talking about baseball, we love watching it in person even more. And I have good news. We're now partnering with our friends over at SeatGeek to bring listeners $20 off tickets for whatever game they want to see. Yes, $20 off. And all you need to do is head over to SeatGeek, find the game you want to see. Maybe you want to go to the home opener for the National League champion Phillies. I don't blame you. I wish I could be there. And you're going to enter the promo code BACKSIDEGROUNDBALL and get 20 bucks off. Maybe you're just looking to travel to a stadium you haven't ever been to this summer. See some big league action. Last summer, I got to see Sandy Alcantara. It was very exciting. I've been a big fan. I had never seen him throw. And this summer, I can go see him again. You could go see him. All you have to do is go to SeatGeek, enter the promo code BACKSIDEGROUNDBALL, and you'll get $20 off your first ticket buy. SeatGeek, promo code BACKSIDEGROUNDBALL. Do it this summer. Go check some games out. Powered by Riverside. I didn't know that was going to happen. <laughs> I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It happened. We just would have never started recording if if I didn't click record. So we had to get going right away. <sighs> Colin, how are you? Oh, we're going. Yeah, we're going. Oh, <laughs> oh, let's go. <laughs> I'm doing good. How's everybody doing? It's been a while. God. It has been a it's while. It's good to see you. It's really good to yeah, see good you. Good to be back. Had so, a rainy day here. We had a good old Bull Durham rain out. The boys needed it. Stretch and leave, throw and leave. Every ball player's just dream sometimes <laughs> after a Especially couple at this weeks. Point. Yeah, at this point of spring training. I'm ready to quit it. Bodies. Body's adapting slowly. That's what I always get worried about. This first like two weeks where it's just like here's adrenaline game soreness. It's so hard to prepare for it. I just oh, we're getting through it though. That's good. That's good. To our listeners, I realized this as I was making the rundown today. Dan and I are in a pickleball tournament. We haven't mentioned that on air. Oh, we haven't mentioned that on air. No, no we this is big news. Yeah, Colin yeah, yeah. doesn't Colin. even know we're in a Colin, pickleball yeah. tournament. We're big time, Colin. Oh, yeah. Pickleball. Yeah, we signed up for a pickleball tournament April 1st. Is it live? Are we going to talk can about like, this? record it? We can, we'll get some highlights for you, I guess. We'll get nice. We, we can try. Sarah and Danielle to bring phones and, and want a stat us. line, scouting report. Yeah. I want the post game. <laughs> Yes. So here's my only concern, Colin. Well, here's my only concern right now, and I've voiced this concern this week. So there's some unrest in the locker room, Colin, Um, which probably isn't good. But, you know, when you're a wide receiver like me who puts up yards, scores touchdowns, and you can't get along with the quarterback because you're not getting the ball, that's an issue. See, my issue is, is we haven't practiced. We haven't practiced. We're going to go into, we're going to end up going into this. I haven't been on court with my partner in in two weeks. Show and go. I'm expected to, to play at the top of my game here, and he's got more important things to do, like work, a job. Just show how selfish just is go, that? Just go right for it. Every Sunday, probably a lot what? of our hitters never took BP, and sometimes they had like three or four hits. Yeah, but you here's the know. issue. They're, prof- they're professional baseball players. All right, this is our first tournament. I'm out here. <laughs> we're going to get embarrassed by a couple 65-year-olds. That, and we're, <laughs> Now we're going to have to come on the pod and tell about it. People are going to know that I lost a pickleball tournament. To, I'm competitive. I'm a competitive human being. There's going to be 65 year olds that beat us. I cannot wait I'm to hear the update of this. Yeah, I'm, Look, I'm looking losing. at. I'm, I actually pulled up the draw right now. We got we're team number 13 in the bracket. We got Tyler Amerson and Lee Jones. Already a bad start. George Mount, Dan Einhorn, Luke McHale. Jeff Lassiter sounds and, like he can play some pickleball. Yeah, Jeff Lassiter and Ben Scran, Spencer Linden, like and Zach Williams. Who's our first round draw? Do we know? We don't have it yet. I don't know. Brad Rappaport and Luca Rappaport. 
Jeff Bachelor, Brian, whatever your last name is, Matt Brown, <laughs> Will Strickland, Preston Ryan, Connor Wetzel, Adam Barringer, Barringer, Brian Holder, Derek Collins, Gage West, and Dan Galati and Trevor Powers. We were the la- we're the last team in. Yeah, no, there's still three open slots. So if anybody, I was gonna say underdog story, underdog story, <laughs> last from the team in. Yeah, Cinderella. It's Mar. Hey, it's that time of year. We are a Cinderella story. Listen, Colin, I'm going. I'm going headband. Just to yes. intimidate our opponents. Dodgeball, yeah. yeah. headband. Come on. Have to. Have you to. Can dodge a wrench. You can dodge a pickleball. Correct. <laughs> no I just hope it's it. not windy. That game becomes tough when it's windy. Look, my my captain's already making excuses. No, I just the last time I got the racket in hand, it was really windy, and it just completely, it's tough. It's a wiffle ball. Like it, <laughs> it does. It, the wind impacts the ball. It's not. <laughs> Listen, all right, we're gonna win this thing and shock all of Wilson County, North Carolina. Yeah, Wilson County, they don't know what's coming for them. No, I have no clue. They might make a thirty for thirty on us. They might. No way. Don't worry. When we're on tour and we're sponsored, I saw some girl on YouTube who's making six figures playing pickleball at sixteen. It's gonna be us. Why can't? Why not us? Yeah. Why not us? Are there sponsors at this why event? Not? Are there gonna be some scouts? I don't know. Can we confirm with the Rex department email, down there? If there's even, gonna be some scouts. I'll, I'll make sure to reach out to the to the Wilson County VFW. Um, who set this up and ask if there's going to be any any scouts or anything in, in in attendance? Might be in the Olympic team in a couple of years. Is there even a you never know? Pickleball? Yeah, there probably will be soon. There, there has will to. be. I mean, there's Olympic sport for everything. There is correct. Just like in the World Baseball Classic, you can live in any country and play for any country. Correct. You're basically, you just a free anybody. agent. Yeah, you can. Me play and Trevor anybody. are going to be on Team Italy pickleball. Yeah, mm-hmm. that'd Team be Italy sick. Pickleball. It will be. It will be. I might have to change my last name. To it's going to be awkward better. when we're singing when when we win a medal and they're playing the anthem and neither one of us know the words. Yeah, he's got a mouth alone. Make it look good for the NBC cameras. I'll just cry. <laughs> I'll just cry. <laughs> the emotions. This young man from Wilmington, Delaware. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> The only My Italian grandma. word he knows is Andiamo. <laughs> <laughs> My grandmother used Poor to make this gravy. <laughs> so proud. Cal. She's so proud. Uh, so, Colin, in more important actual baseball terms, how's spring training going for you? How's the splitter? It's Oh, the new splitter has been – I've only thrown it once in a game, and number-wise, metric-wise, it was good. Just maybe a tick firm, but – Started throwing that, just being high slot. I think come to realize, like, everybody that's high higher-ish slot, it's hard to throw true change-up to get separation from a relatively, like, vertical fastball to a bottom-out change-up. It's just hard to be up top and then have your hands somehow just be at 2 or 3 o'clock and just be able to turn it over. There's very few guys that I've seen that can still do that, so... Splitter has been good. New addition, trying to bridge the gap between the cutter and the slider a little bit now, but it's going well. Just day to day, like it's pretty much what it is. Every day, there's something to work on, and some days you're just like, I want to keep going, but there's only so many bullets everybody's arm has, and especially this early in the year, just gotta make sure staying healthy. But that's going well. Another game on Saturday, so we'll see how that goes and. Keep on going. It'll be quick. I got, what, two weeks left? Gosh. I know. Flying by. It happens quick. Yeah. How did it? you by. Uh, is your throwing partner miserable trying to catch the new splitter? Uh, oh, get this. To the, uh, I don't know who my first throwing partner was. I think it was Ryan. I think it was Cusick, to be honest. And I think I probably spiked a couple. But my first bullpen was when I was like, okay, now like I can let it loose, like full speed on the mound, let it eat. And uh, the catcher was Shane McGuire. And uh, it's the first time I've pitched to him, and I'm just like feeling terrible. Like, I'm going to throw splitters to this guy that I just met 20 seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> and then get this, another guy. Um, 
I believe his first name is Kevin Crone. I think he was a free agent sign with us. Huge, just absolute donkey. CJ's like, hey, brother, isn't it? Yeah, it's he breaks. Not, oh, is it really? Yeah, he's yeah. big. And he comes yeah. to me, he's like, hey, can I stand in? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, oh, gosh. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm learning a splitter. And he's like, oh, it's all right. If it hits me, it's my fault. I'm like, I still don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> so I get along with the bullpen. I'm like, my last, like, my last eight pitches or so, I was like, I'm going to throw – eight straight splitters and uh first one i wish i could find i'm gonna find a video and send it to you guys tomorrow i must have threw it like 40 feet square into the ground straight <laughs> into the catchers like in his throat area and i just turn around at the pitching coach and start laughing i'm like this can't be real i just really just did that <laughs> like first one but after that very good. <laughs> yeah. Was it? Was the first one because it was the first time there was a hitter in the box? Is that why you yes. spiked it so bad? First time yeah. I had a hitter in the box. First time I've thrown it to the catcher off the mound. I'm like, oh my gosh, here we go. <laughs> just, That's the funny thing about boom. pitching is like the more careful you are, like the worse, the worse it, it is. Like when you when you're out worse. there and you don't care, like that's when your stuff is just like when your it. mind is like completely like blank. Yeah. Where like you get off the game, like get off the mound, you get done a game, and you just shoved, and you're just like, "What just happened?" Yeah, <laughs> that's when that's how dialed in you probably were that you had no idea what you're even thinking about. That yeah, all you, you just focused on way. was fastball down away, wham! It wasn't. Yeah. Oh, I can make sure I get my hip in place, arm up on time, drive this way. Uh, who was the quote? The White Sox guy. It was like it's the signs, and with with. God's given power, throw it and just hope it gets there. It's like yep. after it leaves your hand, there's nothing you can do about it. Well, that's what's funny. It's like you go glazed over competitor. With, when you're in that mode where you're just like, all right, it's time to compete. Like I'm just out here to try and get this guy out and that's all you're mm-hmm. thinking about. That's when you you have your best stuff. But when you're in there and it's like this is the first time I've thrown a splitter, there's a guy in the box. I got to make sure I get it out in front. Don't let it fly and like shin him. Just right? throw and the heck just, out of it. That thing goes 40 feet. <laughs> Here's a Don Cooper. I'm not sure. I think he was a White Sox coach. It says, once it leaves your hand, screw it. It goes, what pitch are you throwing? Where are you going to throw it? Now try to throw it there with the best of your God-given ability. Don't think about anything else. Fastball down away. See it. Do it. Don't think about anything. Just you all the preparation has been done. Now it's game time. Like it should be ready. You should be able to just to do it without having to think about all these mechanical little cues in the back of your head. Next thing you know, you're spiraling all over the place and it's bases loaded, no outs, and you're like, What just happened? It's so or even worse, you're thinking too much and you're warming up on the field at, at- Durham Bulls Stadium, and you overthrow your catcher six straight times or something like that because you're all you're thinking about is not throwing to the catcher. I have a funny story about that. I threw a bullpen middle of the game Sunday at Duke my freshman year, and the bullpens are on the field. And the only thing I could think about that pen was please don't throw on the field. Please don't throw on the field. <laughs> Probably about four pitches in, I spiked one, and you guys have been there. It's pretty. It's kind of far down the line it makes it all the way to like home plate and it just stays there <laughs> it's like the ninth, the, game. <laughs> the ninth inning we're up like 10 runs at this point like freshman year wake and i'm just like this is good ninth inning i'm just throwing a bullpen just spiking balls down the left field line in the home plate i look really good <laughs> yeah uh, we've all been like that just don't don't think just throw don't think yeah, yeah. Well, it's good to know that it happens even to the best of us because uh, we've all been there. Um, Happens to everybody. Yep, definitely. So in more recent news across the MLB, we do have a free agent, well, not really a free agent, a big contract extension from Corbin Carroll. He signs an extension with the Diamondbacks for eight years, $111 million. Dan, when you first heard about this, what were your initial thoughts? That boy can run. He can run. I, I mean, he today. I think I saw today he he was home to second in seven seconds, which is the second fastest timed home to second by an MLB player since last year when Corbin Carroll did it in a sub seven. <laughs> <laughs> so like he just boogies. He's the fastest player in baseball, uh, and I th- we've said this a couple times. People are going to start doing what the Braves have done. All right, and you saw the Nationals lock up Kybert Ruiz. 
And now the Diamondbacks are doing it with Corbin Carroll, and it makes sense. I mean, look, he looks like a really promising player. He hits a lot better than I think, or he did last year when he came up. He hit better than a lot of people thought he was going to, and the speed is real, and I think the defense is real. So if you're the Diamondbacks who are kind of been kind of stuck in neutral since those teams that were getting bounced in the wild card round, you know, they're trying to rebuild now, and he's the centerpiece of it, and I think that's a good move by them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's real interesting because I just recently read um, Winning Fixes Every, Everything by Evan Drillich, who broke the Astros cheating scandal. And basically what the Astros had realized, and I'm sure a lot of organizations had realized, was that getting these contracts or as early as possible, you know, convincing your your prospects to sign extensions. While all of them might not work out, the risk reward of the ones that do makes every contract worth it. So they, what they had begun to do, and if people that really pay attention, um, John Singleton signed an extension, as did Jose Altuve. And for anybody who remembers, John Singleton extension did not go as well as Jose Altuve's extension. And while people might sit there and say, well, that's a bad contract. Well, in technical terms, the offset of the Jose Altuve contract and the potential reward of the John Singleton contract is worth it. So when you look at these organizations, and obviously it's what the Braves model has been, it's easy to say, oh, great deal, top prospect. But you never know when these guys are in AAA. You never know until they really come and put it on the field for a whole year. And so, Colin, the question I'll ask you, you actually punched Corbin Carroll out in the first inning of your first outing this year. Um, I do remember that, <laughs> you, you saying that. What, what's Corbin Carroll like as a player and as a hitter, and, and what makes you confident that he'll have success at the big league level? I'm very proud of that punch out now that he's signed that contract. I'm just going to put that out there. First batter, first K, very excited. Second at bat, change up, hammered to right field, so he got me back. But <laughs> he's he's a good player. I mean, he's just he has tools. Like he has sneaky pop. Like it's just all there. Like you said, like he moves really well. I mean, he's twenty. How old is he? Twenty two. I mean, he's gonna I run don't even like think that. Twenty two. Like, he may not you. even be. And now, like just knowing, like with how like technology and people can stay healthy longer, that dude is still gonna be a fast mover for the next eight years that the Diamondbacks have him and just playing with him. I think we only played him like one weekend because he was in right to triple a right after that. And then a couple months later, right to the big leagues. But I mean, he's just a solid player, like plays the game. Well, like just has it all. I think, I think he's going to be a really good addition to, I mean, a growing Diamondbacks organization now. So good for them to finally lock in a solid young player for the next eight years. Yeah, the Diamondbacks, I mean, the trend that they have with that organization is great. Obviously, you could say better than I exactly the nitty-gritty of kind of the guys that they have on the come up. But from the prospect ranks and and obviously following the minor leagues the way we do, you know that that organization has been making very good moves over the last couple years. And Corbin Carroll is the face of that the new Diamondbacks and just being able to get guys like Christian Walker and Cattell Marte at the big league level combined with Corbin Carroll. It should be a fun group that's going to be enjoyable to watch over the next couple of years. And obviously you mentioned the speed part of his game. You know, speed is obviously the one skill set that I don't think translates at all to the big league level in terms of value. Like there's no correlation between more speed and more value. There's guys like Billy Hamilton that run really fast and don't necessarily play very well. You got to hit to play. And so obviously that comes with the concern, but one of the positives coming out of Corbin Carroll's side of things is he's flashed multiple exit velocities, batted balls in play this spring training alone over 100, 105 range. So he's showing the potential to put balls in play with serious impact. And as long as the impact's there, then you become the dynamic player, the Trey Turners of the world, the players that can impact a game in so many ways. And with Corbin Carroll's ability to not strike out, to put balls in play hard, to consistently find that barrel, and then utilize his speed as much as he's able to do, 
two, you're looking at a transcendent talent who's going to play great defense and should be in the at the top of that Diamondbacks order for the foreseeable future. So any closing thoughts on the Corbin Carroll extension? Obviously, we're going to have a ton of time to digest this over the course of the next eight years. But um, your initial reactions from either of you guys, any closing thoughts? I think like the speed aspect, I was talking to some of our coaches like the other or the other day, and now with like the pitch clock and the step off rules, and I asked like a couple of them, and I was like, do you guys think like the game is kind of taking a small shift from the power launch angle to now there's maybe one or two guys a lineup that can steal a bag, bunt a ball for a hit? Like, I think that value for Corbin Carroll like plays a really like big point for him. I mean, he does have power. I mean, I think I just looked at it, he had 16 home runs in 58 games in double A, but I'm not going to say it, but I mean, Amarillo was a little bit of a launching pad, but that still doesn't, <laughs> that's still, he's still putting bad on ball. Still a mean, lot of still, pumps. Yeah. Still a lot of pumps, but I think that's just something to maybe look at is, is how the game is kind of like slowly shifting away just from last year with how hitters, I mean, base runners would get on base and kind of time up like, you know, like the pitcher and the pitch clock and seeing if they could time up a stolen base. So maybe it can be a little better for him. So we'll see. Yeah, Colin, it's funny you bring that up because, um, I mean, Dan and I have talked about it on here. I have this theory that MLB organizations are revaluing the stolen base. So I'm sure Corbin Carroll is going to see a huge piece of that because if the ability to run with the pitch clock with the step off rule with his speed there's no reason like he could bring back 50 60 steals for all we know within the easy. next couple years easy i well and i think that but i think still to your point trevor from before is that speed is an asset that has to go along with being able to get on base right and like that's why you saw billy hamilton Billy Hamilton didn't have much value because Billy Hamilton couldn't get on a base at a clip enough for his speed to affect the game. Now, if the rule changes were in place, he probably would have been a little bit, would have brought a little more value. And I think, Colin, you make a good point too that with the bigger bases and the pitch clock and the disengagement rule, like now Corbin Carroll and those guys can run a little bit more free and that does bring more value. But the thing that it's exciting about Corbin Carroll is that he's shown at the big league level and he's done it so far in spring training as well, is that his bat does bring value, which then makes the speed an asset. And then his value increases because of the speed. It's almost like a a power-up, right? Like, if you think about it in that sense of it, it's like, well, can you hit and get on base? Yes. Okay, well, then you also have the added boost of you're the fastest player in the league. And then obviously on defense, especially playing the position he plays, you know, there's value with the the legs in that sense too. Definitely, definitely. And I think the conclusion is that Hopefully, all signs point to Corbin Carroll being a pretty darn valuable player immediately. I don't think it's a stretch for anybody to say anything except immediately. And obviously, anything on top of that, whether it's added power, whether it's gold glove caliber defense, whether it's 40, 50 steals, just icing on the on the cake of, you know, he's already a really good baseball player that should help the Diamondbacks win some ball games. So... Um, obviously other current events going on right now across the baseball world is the world baseball classic. As we sit and record Puerto Rico is up on the Dominican Republic. Juan Soto just hit an absolute nuke MVP Soto 2023, uh, get the campaign going. He looks back, <laughs> he looks dialed in. Um, he's, it's free and easy. Obviously he's not facing the elite of the elite competition on a day-to-day basis, but he just looks comfortable in the box. So one of the questions I'd love to ask both of you guys, um, is kind of just the comparison between obviously we're watching the Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico face off in Miami. The crowd is raucous. The teams are into it. And then you turn on team, USA at 10 o'clock at night and doesn't necessarily seem like they're as into it as the Latin countries per se. So Dan, I'll, I'll ask you this first. Cause I know Colin's a little bit busier during his days. So he probably isn't watching as many games as you are. Is there a difference between the passion or is that just kind of the personalities that they, that each team has? No, I think there's a hundred percent a difference. And I think a lot of it can start with the fan base for one, right? All these guys on the USA roster are superstars and all-stars, right? Like every lineup they've run out there, they've had uh, they've had um, nine all-stars in the lineup and three MVPs. So I think when you look at it that way, they're 
all playing for a Major League Baseball organization. Major League Baseball takes place in the United States. That kills a lot of the passion right there. Because for those guys, they're representing their country every night throughout the summer, although they're representing a specific franchise, but they're playing in their home country. The guys who have left their homes and left their families to come over and play in Major League Baseball to provide for them, the chance for them to put on the uniform of their country means more. To those fans, to then root those guys on representing their country, it means more. I mean, just look at when you put something on this stage, no atmosphere was better than what was going on in, in, in Taiwan. I mean, that atmosphere was so cool. They have a band going the entire time they're on offense. Their fans are nonstop going nuts. Like, it does mean more. And um, it's kind of unfortunate uh, in the sense that, you know, it would be cooler if more, you know, United States fans and, and their players were a little bit more passionate about it. But I think the, the team now, I think the other night, they kind of started to, like, feel it a little bit once they lost and needed to win. And um, you heard Trout interviewed after the game. He said, this is the most fun I've had playing baseball in a lot of years. Unfortunately, that's because he plays for the Angels. Um, but it does mean something to the players, and it is special to the players. I, I think it's tough for the fans sometimes to get into it. I think it's also tough for the fans when, you know, look, Sandy Alcantara is out there, won a Cy Young, logged a bunch of innings, pitching for the Dominican right now. Um, no U.S. ace is out there. I mean, Lance Lynn's their top arm, and no disrespect to Lance Lynn, who I didn't realize was as thick as he is, till I, uh, for some reason that USA uniform really uh, highlighted it the other night. But look, I mean, right, like Scherzer's not pitching, DeGrom's not pitching, Walker Bueller's obviously hurt, but he wouldn't be in it. Clayton Kershaw removed himself from it because of the insurance that the Dodgers have in his contract. The Dodgers said, no, you can't go do this. Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, Carlos Rodon, like none of those guys are pitching. And I think that hurts too. The time of when it takes place obviously is a factor in that. It happens in the beginning of spring training. I don't know when you could place the tournament to make it better. And that's kind of unfortunate, but that's the reality of the situation. I don't think you're ever going to see a USA ace really out there going, you know, full tilt in this tournament, which takes away from it a little bit, I'm going to be honest. But, uh, you know, I think if they advance past pool play, which they have to beat Columbia tonight, the night we're recording this, um, I think as they go further and if they have to match up against the Dominican or Puerto Rico um, or Venezuela in that, that quarterfinal, I think things will get a little bit more turned up for sure. I have nothing to add on that point because you covered all the bases other than the fact that with Carlos Rodon, he does have an accent over the O, so you never know what country he could <laughs> sign up for at this point. Um, sure. But <laughs> obviously you mentioned the pitching staff, and Colin, that's where I want to get your perspective on it, is how hard would it be to, I mean, not necessarily because I know you would sign up for this opportunity right away, but imagining mm-hmm. being a you know multi-hundred million dollar man and having the weight of the city of New York, the city of LA on your back to cut off your off season program a couple of weeks early, just to go do something that might not be beneficial to what your day job is per se. How hard is that for a pitcher to, to break their routine for that? I think it's t- like, I think it would have to go back to like right when the off, like right when the off season begins. Cause I mean, now, like most guys, will take a certain amount of time off. Some guys won't, but like if you want to be prepared to throw, I know there's pitch counts. Was it 65 pitches like the first pool play round or whatever? But mm-hmm. if you want to be prepared to pitch 65 innings, that's I mean four plus. I mean nowadays three. Like I mean three innings at 60 pitches can be considered a decent day. You have to go all the way back in your training in your catch play and stuff to make sure that you're prepared not just for a bullpen to throw 60 pitches so 20 pitches sit down 20 pitches sit down or whatever this is a game like this isn't like a spring training game where you can roll it or you can get taken out of the inning because you got shelled and they can bring somebody in to clean it up and you can go back and to second inning and start pitching again like that stuff can't happen so i mean preparing for this versus comparing being prepared for spring training is totally different. And I think I talked about it like before, like the adrenaline aspect of soreness and stuff that you're, a lot of these guys are going through earlier in the year that they're not used to. Like it takes a toll on them. Like just personally me, like you can prepare all you want for spring training games. Like 
the adrenaline rush of a guy standing in the box that is trying to hit the ball 400 feet off you and you on the mound trying to blow it by him. You can't simulate that as, I mean, it's some, you might be able to, but it's tough, but I just think it's tough for, you know, somebody to really get dialed in to be able to throw five innings in, in March. And it's just tough. So I can see why a lot of like the aces of those clubs are kind of pushing away from us. So they're prepared for their seasons, but I mean, like you said, if this was my chance, I would probably want to play for Team USA. I mean, it'd just be really freaking cool. <laughs> and I think a lot of people feel that way. Um, and I just think that there's probably guys who aren't participating that do feel that way, Colin, that they wish they could be. But again, because of the obligation to the franchise that they're a part of, that they just can't, they don't think it's the right move. And I get that. And like you said, like mm-hmm. that takes a toll on the body. And then like having to be thrown into that competition where you're you're you know the adrenaline's up and and you know it's probably sooner than you're used to and then have to then go make 30 starts would mm-hmm. be kind of tough right because it, it might not be that oh you're going to get hurt in april but it's like it might come in august or july and i mean pitchers are so volatile right i mean me and trevor have been talking about this a lot lately it's like how do you know with pitchers like it's just like even predicting a pitching prospect like you just don't know um it's interesting though that you say right at the beginning of the off season I hadn't thought about that, but guys are stretched out. It would extend your season a little. I'm sure there would be organizations who would still put their foot down like, oh, this guy just made 30 starts and threw 200 innings. He's not going to go pitch in this tournament. But I think you might open up. Like guys in the World Series and postseason are probably out, right? Mm -hmm. Like they probably wouldn't do it. But guys who didn't make it would probably want to do it. It's an interesting thought. I don't know what that does then to position players on the flip side, though. I just played 142 games. I'm not going yeah, to play no anymore. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm For free? I'm out. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm, I'm It good. just goes, like, you'd have to start, like, pit, like, it'd probably be, like, four weeks earlier. Like, because you'd have to yeah. have, like, at least, like, maybe, like, a week, week and a half of, like, some sort of, like, live at-bat. Just, like, guy comes in for five or so pitches, lets him hit. Like, maybe another one of those. And then you have to build it up to, here's a game inning like legit game inning like i'm not rolling mm-hmm. it like spring training games i can't just get off the field because there's no umpires nothing matters like you have to go through that and then you got to go into like a real game and then you have to build it up from one to all you have to do all that stuff so it, it takes so much time like longer than people think like, i know some guys are different some guys maybe only take a couple of weeks to build up some guys take full off seasons but like if, if i was ever in that situation where they asked me i would have I would tell them like you need to ask me like as soon as the season's over so that I right, can see do. how much time I need to take off now and how much more time I need to be able to prepare for you know four plus innings to come World right. Baseball Classic time. Well, and I like I wonder if like see the tournament takes what three weeks because we're <laughs> week two now and we're going to be quarter in the championships in six days, so it's about three weeks, right? And that's what's tough is like could you. Could you do what hockey used to do? Again, I think organizations would complain about that because pitchers are so fragile. Like you couldn't – like hockey, right, during the Olympics, they used to pause the season. And, I mean, you look at soccer this past year, right? Soccer's in the middle of their, um, you know, their league, their their club season, and they paused it for the World Cup, um, which I know just from following soccer as lightly as I do, there are a lot of clubs who complain because guys are were getting banged up in the World Cup and then coming back to their club and, and hey, we pay them a lot of money. And um, especially in like the Premier League where they're getting paid a ton of money um, and they're coming back banged up and, and, and those clubs are upset. But what if you like eliminated the all-star break and cut out two weeks of the regular season and that, but then I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. It's a great event and I love it, but it's tough. I saw that too. And, and I think the question would be for that is both sides of it. How many players already opt out from the all-star game pitchers wise? Right. That's already a thing. Like, and secondly, how many pitchers would be salivating over just taking two weeks off? Like every single one, the, of them. yeah, every single one of them's like, you mean I can get rested for the stretch run? <laughs> like, right? Okay, yeah. I'm not going to blow out in the, you know, in the mm-hmm. world. and I'm sure some guys would, but I don't think there's ever going to be a way to perfect it. I think understanding that reality and just making it the best version of what it can be, and I mean the Dominicans and the Puerto Ricans and the Colombians and the Venezuelans and the 
Japanese and the Koreans, like it's more, it means more to them and that's fine. I don't think it, it changes the, the value of the product. I just think at this point in time, like, I mean, USA could send a college team that would be gung ho to go, go after it. Like yeah. an all minor league team that would be gung ho to go after it. And they're obviously not as valuable of assets to organizations at that current point in time as a Yeah, but if you tried Justin to send, Berman. if you tried to send Corbin Carroll last year, the Diamondbacks would have been like, no way. Corbin Carroll, mm-hmm. you probably have to go with Andrew Painter because Corbin Carroll, position players, that's just play. That's true. Good point. Right? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Pitchers-wise, yeah. right. you're, you're probably well, right, yes. Andrew Painter and Grayson Rodriguez would not be allowed to throw. Yeah. I think you're no. always going to run into that. As long as they're affiliated, you're always going to run into that. For the most part. Right now, you have some guys who are lower-level guys from the States that – um, would obviously be able to throw, and you see him playing for some of these one-off countries, right, like Italy or whatever, because you know their second aunt's grandmother was, you know, took a took a wine tour in the you know the Amalfi Coast one time, so they signed up to play for Italy. But I don't mean to bash the World Baseball Classic. I love it. I've watched almost every game. There's nothing better for me than when there's sports on that matter at at like six a.m. when I'm getting up to go to work and I can turn it on mm-hmm. in my home office while I'm working. So I love it. It's been great. And, the last thing I'll say is I'll say it again. I said it earlier. The atmosphere in Taiwan was the coolest thing I've ever seen. It's so cool. I think. No, I mean, like, it's a, I'm, like they're parties. Know. Like these people yeah, are going nuts. Yeah, yeah, in Miami right now, it's, it's intense. awesome. It's intense. Yeah, like, they're just on their feet for nine straight innings. Like people, you, you don't see that during the like. You might no. see that for like the first week of the season, and then it's like, oh gosh, we have 150 right. more for the next games. five months, right until the playoffs. Five months of this, but I think it's like it. Like I think it's really cool, but like these other countries, they don't care that like the U.S. isn't providing like their aces. They that they don't care at all. They're just go, they're going to go out and play, and they're going to win. I mean, if they win, but they don't care if the USA isn't putting out their best arms. Like if that's the country's right. fault. But then again, like Correct. there's so many more things that tie into it that just nobody knows about. It's just tough, but I think it's incredible. I mean, I've just got Yadier Molina is the Puerto Rico coach. I mean, a hall of famer That's is sick. just here just like, Hey, you're going to be the coach. You got Nelson Cruz having in that bat the other day. He's the GM of the team yeah. or the guy from Nicaragua, 21 years old, striking out Juan Soto, Julio Rodriguez and Rafael Devers then signing with the Tigers an Insane. hour later. I mean, that stuff is really cool. I mean, I think we just that's have to stuff appreciate. Awesome. We have to appreciate the product for what it is, and not just have the Americans be the best. Like as Americans, we can watch it and enjoy it, but understand that maybe it's not that. Like we have the MLB all year to watch. Like and those other countries, mm-hmm. like just enjoy watching Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico play. Like, and that's it. Like, don't complain. Don't care. If USA wins games, if they get out of their pool, great. If they don't, who cares? Right. You know, we have a whole season that we all enjoy and get to watch. It is cool to look at that U.S. lineup, though. No, it's great. The lineup's like that, great. The, the, the U.S. lineup, it's like, this is this Ridiculous. Is like you I said, the nine all-stars and three MVPs. No. Mitch Bragg got a wall deal. No. 19 years old. Hey, kid, you're going to face... Mookie bets, and then guess who's next? It never stops. Good luck. No, it doesn't. Yeah, wait, uh, Mookie's hitting again? Gosh, don't worry. Yeah. Oh my gosh, when the batting the the batting leader title, whatever the dang term is, is your nine hole guy. Like that's ridiculous. The dude hits yeah, it's like, oh, I got to the bottom order. Who's hitting? Who's hitting oh, seven, eight, McNeil. nine tonight? Right, or like JT Real Muto and. Hole? Kyle Tucker and <laughs> and Cedric Mullins. That's a chore. <laughs> hey, we got second and third here. We're going to pitch around this guy to get to the next guy. Who's the next guy? Oh, Mike Trout. Right. Um, all right. Good luck. Yeah. yeah. But how cool is that? How cool would that be? Like 19 years old and here yeah. comes this lineup. Like he's going to talk about that 100 years from now. Well, I mean, not 100, but years Without from now to all of his kids. Like you're not going to believe who I pitched against in the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, that's the no. Stuff. It's that's an awesome cool. experience. It, it is an awesome experience, and it's awesome TV viewership too. Like, but you don't have to like. It doesn't have to be a success just because the USA won or didn't. Correct. Win. Like, it's, Correct. it's a good. It's a good product no matter what. Like, they could do mm-hmm. a Copa de America and 
it would just be just as good, just like soccer does. And, yep. you know, it doesn't matter who shows up. So um, definitely going to be interesting to see how that unfolds. And obviously we'll be able to talk about it for, you know, the next couple of weeks, no matter what, whether Team USA wins tonight and moves on or whether they don't. It's still an awesome product and, and an awesome thing to watch. So uh, one of the other things that I wanted to talk about is obviously some spring training storylines. Probably the most prevalent at least in my mind right now um, is, and Dan mentioned this is the pitching prospect in the injuries. And it's such a tough point in time because, you know, I was texting Dan when Andrew Painter went down with the injury and, you know, trying to wrap your brain around how hard it is to sustain health as a pitcher in the game today with velocities being what they are with breaking balls and being what they are with, everything and the understanding of how much goes into getting on the mound and performing at the highest level, it's obviously brings another point of injuries and what that creates and getting guys that aren't playing as much and just everything that comes from it. And it's kind of just a tough thing to wrap your head around. So Colin, I'll kind of ask you this from your perspective, obviously as somebody who's had Tommy John, who throws a baseball in a professional way um, and obviously has to deal with that workload is, you know, when you see pitching prospects or really any pitchers go down, what are your initial thoughts? And and obviously not really what's the way to avoid it because I think it's kind of impossible to avoid, but like how hard is it to stay healthy as a professional athlete in general? I, I just saw something on Twitter. I'm glad you brought it up. Um, there was a – there was like a study of like how much like force goes on the UCL and like how quickly it can tear. So it was like, I don't know what like the term was or like what they considered, but it was like 34 blank or whatever, whatever the term is, is like the stress level for the UCL to literally just tear. Like 34 was like the peak number. Like, I'm not sure about the term. So I'll have to go back and check this again. It said, if you throw a ball 60 miles an hour, it puts, 40 whatever on your elbow so you're throwing 60 miles an hour and your ucl should be tearing and you have guys nowadays who i mean i was telling you i was telling you before we even got on here the a's had a guy throwing a sim game who's up to 102 and it's just like incredible how that ucl can stay intact even under high stress like that but like when i see guys go down like that like first thought is just like it's demoralizing i went through it i was 16 years old when i was told like hey you need tommy john surgery and at that point you know six years ago it was like oh my gosh like this doesn't seem right like i shouldn't be having tommy john at 16 17 years old but nowadays like it's relatively common and guys have kind of mastered you know the rehab process for it but this doesn't mean it's a good thing like you don't want to be that guy like i'm getting tj i'll be fine in the year that year is a long time for a lot of stuff to go wrong. Not just your elbow. You could have shoulder, knee, back, all types of stuff could just freak out. But I think like a lot of it, like being healthy, like we talked to Brandon Walter and every day is a recovery day. Like besides like your game day, like every single day is time to recover, but you have to manage that workload correctly. And I guess what I mean by that is, saw something like a while ago talking about like arm care and like how like doing exercises and stuff to like maintain that strength. But if you just go and throw like a bullpen, 40 pitches, you hit the weight room and you just do crazy amounts of arm care and stuff. You're just working all those muscles more and more and more and those little tendons more and more and you're overloading it. It still needs time to recover. So I think it's just a fine balance of like finding out like who you are as a pitcher and managing like what type of stuff helps me feel best each day and i guess for me like i've started taking like doing a lot of ice baths like started doing those you have five to ten minutes like i don't go fully in yet i'm getting there so i'm not gonna say that i get in there like liver king can just dump into a club tub at 34 degrees and just sit there but like like each day like there's something that i have planned like the day after the bullpen is a heavy like soft tissue like mobility day where I'm going through like cars and I'm doing a lot of just 
the foam rolling and lax ball and like pressure point stuff to like work out those tightnesses and those knots inside of like all like the little areas, hip flexors, back of the shoulder, teres, pec, elbow, all that stuff. And usually the next couple of days after that are like reinforcing, like strengthening, like doing small band exercises, like lightweight stuff, like forearm stuff. But I mean, it's tough. Everybody's different. I've seen guys that just don't do any arm care and they have no elbow issues. And I see guys that, I mean, are nonstop, like trying to do stuff to make their arm feel better. And it's still bothering them. So I think it just dials down to who you are, but it's tough to stay healthy with how the game has evolved. And I mean, you have guys throwing 98 to hundred miles an hour on five day rotations. It's just the body can't handle that stress that long without like fine tuning your recovery. That means like every single day, like they say, starters don't do anything. Like you pitch on Monday and you just sit there for four days. No, like every single day, there's a lot of stuff that needs to get done so that that fifth day comes again. I'm still the same person I was five days ago. And it's, it's a tough workload, but every day is a commitment to recovering so that each start you're as best as you can be. Yeah. I think that's the tough part. And I guess my hope too, is like, as we continue to, to learn more about individual, individual, individualization that was tough for me to say um <laughs> that, that we can continue to keep guys healthy and get guys healthy because like you said i mean it's throwing is unnatural of a movement to begin with right it like, hurts no matter how hard you throw right like no matter how hard you throw it's not a normal body movement so you have to figure out how to protect your body and your body's always natural inclination is to protect itself and when you start throwing that hard we're talking about in the upper 90s you know you're opened up to injuries and my hope is that we can continue to evolve and continue to learn about how to keep pitchers healthy but right now there's no there is no answer um there's that's just the the fact there's no no definite answer i think we just said like a surface level answer like it can go from the delivery like it starts in the delivery timing correct where your arm is at well that's the thing right like you're you can put your ucl in jeopardy if you're ankle mobility isn't enough for what Mm -hmm. your body needs to throw the velocity you throw. You can put your UCL at jeopardy if your hips aren't as mobile or in the right position as you need them to be, or your hamstrings, or your core, or your scaps, or your lats, or your – like you could just do that all day. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what makes it tough. And obviously, we've gotten a lot better, um, and there's a ton of smart people out there, way smarter than than, than me, who are are helping guys through this process – but it's tough, and I think the thing that, that me and Trevor have like kind of come to this realization recently, it's just frustrating, right? And and friend of the pod, Carlos Colazzo, even after Cade Cavalli yesterday blew out or whatever happened to him, tweeted that, like, no more prospect, pitching prospects ranked in the top 50. Let's just go from there. Because it's so, like, it's so tough to do it because you look at these guys and everything looks good. I mean, Andrew Painter's on a track to be a Phillies fifth starter. Now he can't pick up a baseball till April 1st. It's, it's impossible. I mean, and, and it's a shame. Um, I think that's the kind of unfortunate thing right now that's going on. I think it's sometimes just out of your control. Like, Oh, sometimes 100%. it's just, it just happens. Like, it, sure. There's nothing you can do. I mean, you're throwing a baseball 95 miles an hour unnaturally. Like it's going to happen. It's just a mess. Like yeah, it's just unfair at times. And it, I've seen guys like it happens to guys, and like they never come back from it. And it just like breaks it your sucks. heart. You're like, gosh, yeah. like that dude had it and just got unlucky. But like you said, like it can be anywhere. It can be from the ground up. Just like talking about myself, like like. I'm a quadish dominant pitcher trying to get away from that. And when I land and when I'm at foot strike, my arm is still a little bit like not at 90 where like it needs to be. So like, those are concerns for me after already having Tommy John that I've been working on a lot. So it can be individualized, but I think a lot of it just has to do with the fact that guys are throwing hundred miles an hour, a baseball that's six out, however many ounces in an unnatural form. Like, it's not a matter of like if, but I mean, it sometimes sucks, but it's like, when are you going to have issues? And when you have those issues, how are you going to find ways to overcome them so that you're not under the knife and missing a year plus? And it just sucks. So hopefully they figure some stuff out for guys, but yeah, long process. Yeah. I mean, it, 
It's terrible to say because as I was kind of introducing this topic, I had a hard time to pick the words to use because I didn't want to come off as too dark and too grim of an outlook for pitching prospects because obviously A, you are one, and B, there are ones that could stay healthy. But you're right when you concluded it there as it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. I mean, you look at the top arms in baseball. I mean, Clayton Kershaw's never had an arm injury, knock on wood, right? And obviously he's had some problems that have, you know, as recently as two years ago, they thought he was going to need Tommy John. And he was lucky enough that it was just a flexor strain, obviously the back problems that have creeped up, but... Few and far between. I mean, it's year in and year out, whether they're a prospect or whether they're a top pitcher in the game. You know, Walker Bueller went down with the injuries recently. Obviously, we have Andrew Painter, Kate Cavalli, and it's just the list goes on and on of guys that have either had surgery, had arm problems, or are could be having them in the near future. And it's just because by the end of the year, we're going to have a completely different list than um, – just Andrew Painter and Kate Cavalli. It's going to be more guys that blow out and more guys that, that have those problems. And it sucks. Or like one more, like, like you can do everything you can at the field, like your correctives right. to get you in good position and stuff. Once you leave the field, like, and you're like just going around your day, like I've, I've gotten bad at it where I'll come home after a good day of like working on posture and my scaps and making sure that they're, down and back in the right place and then i go and play freaking video games for two hours and i like hunch right back over lose the correction so like that's something else that i saw someone post about where it's like no matter what you do at the field if you don't somewhat try to continue that off the field like making sure you're not doing stuff that can tinker with it there like that stuff can tie into it next thing you know you got shoulder impingement your bicep tendon hurts now you got rotator cuff issues and your pecs in trouble like <laughs> or you're just sitting there playing Fortnite with the mouse and clicking for hours and hours and hours and right. now your forearms just constantly tight and you're like pitching the next day and you're like why can i not spin the ball like that stuff can tie into it like your side day job like if you have hard labor like all that stuff like if you work fast food or something you're on your feet all day like all this stuff ties into it but we don't know everything about everybody, but heck, we could go on and on about this stuff. But it's it's a tough subject to talk about because you don't mm-hmm. want to say when because yes. it's just tough to put that on people. But it's a tough game to stay healthy. I mean that I mean that tendon is just, I mean it's incredible how that thing is holding the bone together, and you can throw 100 miles an hour and still feel okay the next day. Like when I play dodgeball with my friends, like in high school, and they come back the next day and they're like, "My elbow hurts." That's how fast. Welcome it to my life. <laughs> That's yeah. how fast it happens. They're like, "How do you do this?" I'm like, "You don't want to know." Every single day, there's something that needs to be done so that this elbow stays intact for the next 15 years. Yeah, and well, and we will have to have a whole episode on revaluing the potential of prospects. But Dan, you, I was going to close it out. So whatever your last thoughts are. Well, and I just, I mean, one, I guess, Colin, what you're saying is, is just don't play video games. They're bad for you. Um, nah, sometimes but, it's okay. Monday off days only. Monday off days. But I think that's the thing, right, is like there's so much that goes into it. And, again, like we, the, the only thing we can do is continue to just try and learn and um, find new ways to hopefully help guys out. I mean, I know even for myself things that I thought and taught four years ago I wouldn't anymore. So we're all, as long as you're always trying to, to push things forward and continuing to learn, then uh, you're in a uh, you, you should be in a good spot, and hopefully we can keep guys healthy. Yeah, definitely. And and the glorious sights and sounds of Arizona there for yeah. Colin recording the podcast. Yeah, my if bad. Anybody can if anybody can get a bird <laughs> in my beautiful it. beautiful backyard. It's a nice course. yard there. Got a nice <laughs> got a nice setup. Uh, Living the dream. So. Yeah, that's awesome. So I do want to end on more of a positive note here, and and it's just to kind of highlight some guys that seem to be 
having good springs and showing some positive progress, whether it be guys who have struggled over the last couple of years or guys who have been injured or really just a guy taking a next step. So um, the first guy I want to highlight here is Alec Baum, who's obviously starting to show a lot more power. There's a lot of scouts that have seen him hit this spring that are saying that, you know, this whatever adjustments he's made, whether it's just growth as a player, whether it has been actual mechanical adjustments, we can, you know, kind of dive into that when we get more looks on him. But they're saying 25 to 30 home run power. Obviously, he's got it in the size alone. He's always had elite exit velocities from the time he was a college player. Seeing the natural loft and him growing into a little bit more power shows that, you know, there could be a little bit more home run juice in there. So, Dan, as the resident Philly fan here, how has Alec Baum looked this spring from the looks you've gotten? And how exciting is it to imagine a 25 to 30 home run guy in the middle of that lineup that's already loaded? Yeah, I think this is another case of, of being patient with a guy, right? Like when Alec Baum got drafted, what he got drafted where he did because he could hit. When he was at Wichita State, all he did was hit. Um, and I think he's grown into himself, right? And he he burst onto the scene in 2020, had a great year, that, that short COVID year. And then in 21, things got away from him. And then he got really hot last year towards the end of the year. And I think this is just a situation of he's starting to figure out an approach in major league baseball and how to hit at that level. I mean, he was a guy who because of his size, because of his bat to ball skill could get to everything and his pitch selection because of it was terrible. And that's why you would see a lot of, I think that's why you didn't see a lot of power. Like you would see him just shooting fastballs away um, to the opposite field without much power. And, and um, you know, I read this, this spring so far where, you know, Kevin Long had said to him that, you know, you don't hit home runs they're thrown meaning home runs in major league baseball are mistakes by pitchers right and and for Alec Baum a big thing for him this spring has been he's going up there and even though he may be starting 0-1 on a fastball away like he's taking it you know yeah he could get to that pitch but now he's not swinging at it he's now allowing pitchers to make the mistakes over the plate you know he was he he was one of the highest first pitch swing percentages in the league last year with one of the lowest uh, slugging percentages on first pitch swings so it's like if it it the maturity that you said, right? Like give this guy a couple years, let him one work with Kevin long for a couple years. Right. As we know that, you know, we think very highly of him on this podcast and it's like, let him talk to Kevin long and work with K long for a couple years and let him mature and develop. And, and I think that's what you're seeing. And this is one of those situations where being patient with a prospect and not overreacting and trying to adjust too much pays off for you. Now we'll see because spring training doesn't mean anything. But uh, like you said, it's there. He's huge. He could hit 25 to 30 homers with his strength. Yeah, he's a, he's a massive dude, and he's always hit the ball hard. I mean, that's half the battle, right? right. Like if there's right. any way to project, you know, we always talk about raw power, right? Raw power, raw power. I mean, I was thinking about this today because I was walking around campus at Campbell, and, and the wind always blows out, right? And I was kind of curious as to – how do you value power when home run totals might not show the whole picture of a college guy because he plays in a band box or because he plays in a, you know, in a wind friendly park. And I realized that there's one way to value that it's exit velocity. Somebody who can produce high exit velocity has raw power. It might not be the, be the ability to tap into it consistently. That's game power. Um, But the ability to produce high exit velos is, is in, is a trait that not many people possess and it's, you can't argue with it. If a guy can hit a ball 105, 110, you can't argue with it. They they can do that. And now if you can teach them to hit the ball in the air, that would be even better. If you can teach them to consistently backspin it to the pool side, you're probably talking about an MVP player. So it's just a matter of Alec Baum transitioning from those low liners that were hit hard. And from his six foot five frame, he, always had the strength to do it and now being able to lift it and, and carry a wall here and there. Well, you wouldn't say John Carlos Stanton is a good hitter, especially when he was first coming up, right? You would say John no. Carlos Stanton is a, a power. Like he, he had raw he's power. Hard, he could yeah. hit the ball h- harder than anyone else in the league. And now mm-hmm. obviously he's developed and as he's gotten older, he's become a good hitter. But I mean, still to this day, you wouldn't be like, oh, Stanton's one of the best hitters in the league. Hitters, it's yeah. like, no, Stan scares you because if you make a mistake and he puts it's barrel on it, back. right, and it's going to be hit 120 miles an hour. And usually those balls leave the yard if there's any launch on them. 
Yep, definitely. And and Alec Baum, again, we I've talked about this before. The guys that really turn into the, the elite of the elite are the guys that learn how to hit first. And he knows how to hit. He can find barrel. He's got right. a good like he he's shown the ability to hit for average. If he can start to hit for home run power and transition into you know that guy that's able to club up when he needs to, that's an impact bat right there. And and he'll really be a force in a really good lineup that's going to be missing Bryce Harper at least through the All Star break. So it's really good to see that that step forward from from a really talented player. And then three other guys I wanted to highlight. And we don't really have to go into detail as much on them, but it's three power hitters that kind of have had some highs and lows recently. And it's obviously Cody Bellinger, Chris Bryant, and Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo's had a pretty solid spring uh, with the twins. He's going to be the forgotten man out there. He's going to start in their four hole. And now that he's not in the limelight in New York, obviously, you know, the fan club here in, in my household is going to be rooting for him, but you know, he's hitting for actually hitting for average. He's showing the power. He's showing the patience at the plate. Chris Bryant's been absolutely swinging the stick recently. Um, you know, just ton of home runs. I think he has three already this spring. Really, for him, it's just a matter of being healthy in that Colorado air. There's no reason he couldn't put up just bonkers numbers in, in Colorado with a full season being healthy. And obviously, Cody Bellinger's a guy that we've talked about. There's been some small swing adjustments that are taking him a lot more towards what he was in 2019, um, being more on plane, not being as exposed. So hopefully we'll see those three guys carry what they've had as success in the spring into the season and, and hopefully have a pretty good year. Um, you know, we're rooting for, for most of those guys and, and wanting to see them all do well. And uh, Dan, I saw you lean up. If you've got something to say about them, I'd love to hear it. I forgot Chris Bryant played baseball. Cody Bellinger, yeah, my comeback get, player of the year. It's coming. That's a good. Yes. That's a good call, Bellinger. I'm absolutely. I mean, I'm rooting for all those guys, and I love Bellinger, and I hope he. I, I love that fit, and I think we've talked about that, but I still don't understand why Chris Bryant's on the Rockies. <laughs> I just don't get it. I don't. Just hit fifty home runs. I can't. The homers in the Mile High City. The ball's gonna fly, baby. Hey, they they're good enough to to win eighty one games. Their owner said so. They, they have a lot to look forward to out there in Colorado. Hey, I'm excited because Chris Bryant gets a lot of balls into the air. Oh, no doubt. He gets a lot of balls into the right center. That's what was weird about last year, and obviously health was a big part of it, but his swing plays for Colorado. It's ridiculous. Yes. Because even when he's – like when he starts to – like even when he's not going great, he's steep. And like if you're playing your home games there and you're not going great and you're steep, you're still popping two out a week. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. And – you know, it'll be fun to watch those guys. And obviously we've got a ton of baseball coming up. Colin, do you have any last thoughts, anything you want to tell our listeners before we let everybody go here? Not much. I mean, two weeks and we're go time. Like, let's go. Or let's go with opening day. I mean, off, I mean, I feel like the off season went by, I mean, it goes by fast heck every dang year, but now nah, I'm excited they get going. So, Hopefully get some more during the season, have some in-season updates, call you guys from yeah. who knows yeah. where we'll be. But hopefully uh, hopefully you keep it going. I'm excited. Can't wait. It's been good to see you tonight, Colin. You I feel like it's been months. Even though you got that yeah. NC State hat on, I'm not I know. To say I'm it. sorry. I, I like can it. never don't wear like it, it on this podcast. I didn't even think about you. I we had we had Colazzo on uh, last week, and I was gonna wear it. And then I sat down and I said, "Oh, he's a UNC grad." I went and changed my hat, and then I didn't even think about it with you. I'm sorry. Look, I'm a I'm a bandwagon NC State fan. Yeah, I live in the area now. I'm 15 minutes from campus. I'm sorry. Fine. Yeah, Colin, the only request we have and our, our listeners have is just make sure you pack your mic. That's it. We can record from anywhere that's got Wi-Fi. Oh, heck um, yeah. You, you get in somewhere and, and we record. Hotel lobby, um, yeah. Obviously, we're, we're super fired up to get you back. Everybody's fired up to hear your voice again. So, um, you know, obviously we'll be rooting for you and getting you on as much as possible during the season. But as long as you pack your mic, we can make something it's happen. Yeah, I know you got it out to Arizona, which is a huge deal to begin with. So now it's just about making sure it gets in that gets in that travel duffel bag and on the bus, and, and we'll be good to go. I'm ready for it. We'll be awesome. we'll be. T- 
Oh, we might be th- we'll probably be three hours difference for a little while. Yeah. Gosh, it's gonna be we'll figure it out. It'll be tough, but you know we're grinding. We're grinding. Seat Geek's backing us, so we'll make it happen. Dan and I'll I'll stay up a little late on a couple days, but um, Dan, any last thoughts before we let our listeners go? No. Uh, Subscribe, like, follow, share. Yeah, definitely. Seat Geek. Yep. Make sure you're using the promo code on Seat Geek Backside Ground Ball. We're going to be getting out watching Colin pitch in Oakland this year. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Get my eyes. We'll be using our backside ground ball promo code to make that happen, but also making sure you're liking the podcast. Take some time right now. You've made it this far into the podcast. Just go in and leave a five-star review. Um, If you've got a little extra time, type something out. Type something nice about us. You don't have to type something nice. You can say something mean. I don't really take offense to too much of it. But, uh, you know, just leave a five-star review. It helps grow the podcast in any way. Follow on all social channels. We're pumping out content, obviously, on TikTok. Making sure we're posting all of our episodes on Twitter. And most importantly, share with five friends. You know, we got a lot of preview content. We got more guests in the tank that we want to get. We're definitely going to keep it rolling with the guests. But obviously with the season right around the corner, we're going to want to cover our bases with that. Make sure we're actually covering the game like we intend to do with this podcast and like our goal is. And obviously we have our preseason work of our MVP World Series favorites, Cy Young favorites, Rookie of the Year's. All that good stuff that's going to be covered the next couple weeks. But until next time, we'll see you guys on the next episode.